Welcome to Bourbon and Blondes, our podcast about enjoying bourbon, having an honest conversation, and empowering women to tell their truth. Hi, I'm Abby. Hi, I'm Elena. On each episode, we start with a tasting of the bourbon of the day, and then we talk about ourselves like every good podcast. We will have a word of the episode and allow the discussion to unfold from there. We hope you enjoy. Cheers. All right. Bourbon of the episode is... Is... Will it... Pot Still Reserve Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Wow, say that eight times fast. That is a mouthful. It will about to be a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I will refrain from that's what uh, she, she said, said jo- jokes. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. No, but I think that's more of a what, that's what he said. That's true. Okay. All right. Okay. We are drinking this from our Will It Distillery glasses. Did you steal these or buy these? Uh, I, they gave it to they gave it to us um, with the tasting. With the tasting, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. That's, that's good. a good. That's a good question. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Hopefully, that's accurate. <laughs> she it's, doesn't actually know how she got these. <laughs> Ladies, take a large purse next time you're down in Kentucky. So let's nose notes, right? Yeah. What do we smell? Ooh, like a little bit of sweet caramel, little molasses in there. Yeah. Little, little, I kind of like. I could smell this for days. Yeah, this smells sweet. It, this would be a really good uh, holiday candle right here. Ooh, let's figure out how to make those. That's mm-hmm. fun. Okay, taste notes. We are taste it. Okay. Hmm. So it's a little bit more harsh than I thought. Like with the smell. It yeah, because the smell is so light. But it has a nice finish, though. So it's kind of spicy, I guess. When a little you first, citrusy. For yeah. sure, I pick up the citrus. But it has like a smooth... It's kind of um, gets at you at the right when you uh, first taste it. And then it's smooth at the end. Like, how do you explain that in a conversation? Get, get hey, how's that, how's that whiskey? Well, it gets at you. <laughs> gets at you at the beginning. <laughs> nips, you, nips you in the butt. <laughs> we should move past that. <laughs> anyway, so the finish. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's smooth. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, it's good. It finishes just as great as it smells. Mm-hmm. God, it's delicious. I agree. It's good stuff. I they- could drink this just like I could drink it at a barbecue. I could drink it at a bonfire. I could drink it at work. <laughs> <laughs> on Sundays, on Mondays, <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> Talking to my grandma. <laughs> no, this is good. So. So Elena has toured this distillery. I have not, and I'm very jealous, but we're going to let Elena explain a little bit of the history about Willet and the bourbon and take it away. Yeah. So I did just a short uh, tasting for this, and I'll deep dive into when we uh, get into the word of the episode a little bit more about um, my experience at Willet. But um, as for the Willet family, uh, distilling craft whiskey it has been in the family for years so um dave uh excuse me john david willett the kind of the family patriarch began we could call him dave yeah well sure dave, john dave, david dave, willett yeah. that's kind of a lot of john words dave. like the name of this whiskey <laughs> constantly a mouthful yo dave um, <laughs> okay uh so it uh began with the family patriarch uh john david willett he began distilling um, whiskey in Louisville, Kentucky, just right outside. And in 1898, his son, Lambert Willett, who was... Lambert? Like St. Louis? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Tie it into home. 
Um, he, uh, he was 15 years old at the time, began fo- following in his father's footsteps. Then three uh, decades later in the 1930s, they began, uh, it's like a few years after Prohibition, Lambert, um, together with his son, Thompson, purchased a farm on the outskirts of um, Bardstown, Kentucky, where um, Willett is today. And they began construction on Willett Distilling Company. Uh, 1937, so I think like a few years after they broke ground and started building, uh, on St. Patty's Day, they put their first bale into St. storage. Pat's. Yeah. Oh my God, that's Celebration so great. of the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> um, the what? The Irish. <laughs> I found out my, my family was from Ireland. This week, we'll get into that a little later too. Last name Dial. I feel like half the Last pe- name Dial. <laughs> Doyle. <laughs> uh, next time I go to Ireland, you're coming, and you can only speak like that to everybody. <laughs> be like, who is this? Who is this asshole? <laughs> Get this American out of here! It was arsehole. Um, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Um, I can't. <laughs> so uh, they. So by 1960, they um, had over a hundred thousand barrels. Wow, they that's kind of their, a lot. Yeah, they celebrated their hundred thousandth barrel, nineteen sixty. So, well, I mean, not to like talk crap, but didn't Buffalo Trace just celebrate their six millionth? So, like, will it? Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in what is it like less than thirty years? I mean, hundred hundred thousand. Oh yeah, barrels. you're right. Twenty three years, hundred thousand barrels. But still, they. I mean, they don't make. They're not a production. Like, no, they're not. You know, which like I think is why I like it better. Others are. Yeah, no, it's it's good and it's hard to find. I actually, um, as a side note, found it at if you're a St. Louis area, I found it at Total Wine over the weekend. So oh, nice. I didn't think that you could find it uh, very many places, but they definitely have the still. Uh, it's hard to miss when you go in the bourbon and whiskey section. It is in the shape of a still, um, a pot still, a pot still. Yep. And then let's see. In 1984, uh, Evan and Martha. Klumsveen? You think that's right? Klumsveen? 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 Um, they, like people's names are just always going to be challenging. Especially when there's a ton of vowels and some extra really <laughs> crazy letters like W's, V's, Y's. just really throws me off. Yeah. Can um, you have a Smith in here somewhere, please? <laughs> oh, wait. There was, wasn't there? <laughs> nope. It was a Moore, not a Smith. At least that's easy to pronounce. Damn, I was so close. But they, um, it was a husband and wife. Uh, they or It is a husband and wife. They assumed the leadership role in 1984, uh, at which point Willett uh, Distilling Company turned into um, Kentucky Bourbon Distillers, or KBD. Um, and KBD. they are um, the husband and wife alongside with the son, Um started i think the sun came on board in 2003 but um even the clemson clemsveens husband and wife that bought it we'll just go with that <laughs> they um, are no longer being referred to by name they are the evan the husband wife the husband, <laughs> the husband and wife duo from 1984 um evan and martha um bought it they were actually um which is the current owners of uh kbd is thompson willett son-in-law sweet so it Keeping is it still in the family still in the fam weird i love Willet. Willet is like my secret crush in the bourbon world um okay so when it comes to this pot still reserve straight bourbon whiskey 
I said it wrong. The Willet Pot Still Reserve Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Jesus Christ. Can I get an acronym for that? <laughs> Just a bunch of vowels. <laughs> it, was a, um, it was first released in 2008. It is a mean, quote unquote, single barrel Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Um, the bottle is used. The bottle. Oh, this is fun. Um, the bottle is designed after the original Stills Blueprints. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I like I dig it. that. Yeah. I'm learning while I'm reading. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, what else we got? It's aged between 8 and 10 years, and it has earned gold medals. Wow, and double gold me- You can get a double gold medal? That's not something I'm familiar with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, can you get a double, double silver? Bronze? Maybe. I'll go for a triple bronze. I could settle yeah. for that. Um, a double gold medal for design. This is crazy. Um, I didn't even know that they did. Medals for designs on yeah. bottles? I want to meet the person who did the glass blowing on this. Like that had to suck for a while until yeah, you figured it out. How, yeah, that's, that's not something that we covered. But now that you're saying it in the tour, that would have been interesting to cover or see. Cause I, didn't I mean, see I'm sure there's like bottling. a factory somewhere who does this now, but like the original bottle had to have been blown. Right. Well, yeah, I guess so. I well, mean, I'm just thinking know. that it was a small, unless they do it off site. Um, their Rick house was like pretty small and their bottling facility you know, it Did has it? one of those tracks that go yeah. from the Rick House to the bottling mm-hmm. facility. It didn't look very big. So I'm kind of curious on how they... Well, how they it's it. a family-run joint. It doesn't have to be big, which is why I like them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So on the bottle, apparently the seal and the bottling and all of that, there is a... Um, with the label, it identifies the individual aging barrel, the number of the barrel within the series of bottles for that barrel, and the total number of bottles from the barrel. That's kind of cool. I like that, the total number of bottles from the barrel. Cause yeah, because think- it varies a little. Yeah. I dig that. That's amazing. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Supposedly this is, wait, supposedly or it is, 94 proof. Yeah. yeah. yeah 94 same. proof is 47% alcohol by volume. And it's core rye and malted barley. Yeah. Yeah. It's And it is delicious. I don't, I can't decide what I like more about it. Between? The nose and the finish. Mm. Oh, yeah. That, that is tough. Yeah. I, lo- I love the finish on this, though. Because I, I'm not saying that I'm put off by a bourbon or a whiskey that has a harsh finish. But I'd rather have kind of a smoother finish than like a smooth beginning and then the flavor on the back end. I'd rather have a kick on the taste and a smooth finish. Agreed. Yeah. So, but I don't think out of all of our episodes so far, all 15 that we've already published, I don't think we've had one that is this amazing on the nose. No, I know. I, yeah, I actually agree with that. Yeah, it does. It smells amazing. Like I didn't even think about it. I just picked the glass up, like inhaled, and I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. And for a 94 proof to not, like, there's, I guess, an art to sniff, you know, sniffing your bourbon. But you don't, if you, you what if you do it with your mouth closed and it's, like, really harsh, you can, like, burn. But it's not with this burn. one. No, I know. Yeah, I agree. 
Maybe it's these fancy cups. Maybe they did something to these glasses at Willet too. I love these glasses. I was so pumped whenever they're You guys, the glasses we have, they're like branded for the Willet Distillery, but they're also the Stemless Glencairn. And I love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still knock them over, but it's not quite as easy as the other cups that I use. Yeah. No, and I'm I a spill these. risk, so. <laughs> I hate anything with a stem. <laughs> if I ever order a martini at the bar, I'll be like, can you pour it in something other than a martini glass? Because mm-hmm. it is a high likelihood that, that your glass will be broken. Just give me a lowball glass and like it's safe. Right. Something with a sippy cup on top. <laughs> <laughs> But um, <laughs> a what, sippy cup. What I do love, and we won't get into it too much because there is a lot to talk about with Willet. But they have a ton of products, and that was a surprise to me. Uh, yeah, r- but they're so high quality, mm-hmm. and and they're kind of not so easy to find. At least in St. Louis, probably a little bit more easier in Kentucky or some other places. But yeah, probably definitely Kentucky. But I mean, it's Rome hard to Creek. find like fun, exciting stuff here. It's like. Oh, would you like your Jameson or your Buffalo Trace? Well, neither, technically. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's really, I was talking to the guy at Total and he he was like, it's it's really demand because I was saying, will you ever carry the mint julep? He's like, we carried it one time and we practically had to give it away. He's like, one time's enough for, you know, we don't have enough shelf space. If it's not flying off the shelves and it's not worth it for us. That's but, high stress. Like I need to go in there every Tuesday or something. <laughs> I said, well, let us know next time you start discounting stuff because we'll come in and we'll swoop it up for you. But no, they Heck, yeah. they make a ton of different uh, products. You know, I know we're just talking about this one on on the podcast, and this is one probably they're best known for. But their their Rowan Creek was really really good that we Ooh, tried. Okay. Um, what was there was a couple other ones, um, but that one probably stood out a lot. And then they've got like a Willet family reserve one that was really good but anyway speaking of family oh would you like to talk about our word of the episode our word of the episode dun, 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 is family oh shocker <laughs> family all right elena what does family mean to you i mean other than like mom dad sisters brothers <laughs> then the literal definition yeah. that i usually mm-hmm. give every then time the physical people in your life <laughs> So family, I guess the first thing that came to my mind is that saying like home is where the heart is. And I feel that same way about family, like family are those who you're vulnerable with and let in your life in your circle. They don't have to be blood. They don't have to be who we, you know, define yeah, traditionally chosen and given. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, they give you like a sense of community. Um, you have a bond with them. I actually fun fact. I so apparently in Europe. Uh, November 1st and November 2nd. Um, so they don't really celebrate Halloween like we do. Mm-hmm. And the same way that Abby doesn't celebrate Halloween either. <laughs> I hate that holiday <laughs> so much. Oh, but uh, it so November 1st and November 2nd is All Saints Day. Yeah. Which is, we celebrate that here if you're Catholic. Okay. So I'm not. But... Um, <laughs> So I wasn't familiar with this this special holiday. And I happened to, on November 1st, be out of town in Vienna, Missouri. If you're ever in Vienna, Wait, Missouri. Wait, Vienna, Missouri? Mm-hmm. Do like, they make like, sausages? Oh, no. No. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. They probably make deer One. sausage somewhere. But... Um, <laughs> they it's a, it's a population of 174, so they don't make what? anything That's much. like... Yeah. It's not even a whole town. Yeah, I think it's mostly farmers, if I was to guess, mm, and the people who work fair. at Dollar General. But 
and the Mexican restaurant um, that's in town. The uh, important things. <laughs> yes. But um, I uh, went and visited my great, great, great grandparents. So I knew my great grandmother uh, on Wait, both sides. They're in Vienna, mm-hmm. Missouri. How Barry, far away from Cuba Barry. is that? Uh, it's like... It was like, like are they close? An hour. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So did your family like start in Vienna and then like just migrate towards St. Louis? Yeah, grandpa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So my grandpa was probably the, maybe one of, not one of the only ones, his uncle and a few others moved to St. Louis. But um, I found out by digging on findagrave.com. <laughs> Apparently digging, maybe not an appropriate oh word God, to use for kidding. this. <laughs> But I just took the biggest sip of my drink and Elena goes, findagrave.com. What the hell are you Googling? So you can find out like your family lineage. You should, I, honestly, if you know your great grandparents name, you can start from there and go to their parents and their parents' parents. This is how I it's found out where they for were. me because some of my great grandparents are German. Oh, okay. Well, I mean. So maybe we won't do that for that side of the family. <laughs> Maybe the other side. You'll we'll stick with like, the Irish ones. Well, yeah. So I, so funny. I don't know who told us at one point in time that we had a lot of Native American. And so I was very convinced. Oh. I was like 118th Native American. Just right under the amount that you can get like a scholarship in college. Yeah. Um, but I was not, I don't think. So I found out that my great, great, great grandfather came from Ireland. I think Wicklow, Ireland, which is on the east side, south of Dublin. And... um they came over when he was six. They moved to Pennsylvania and then eventually ended up in Vienna and kind of like spread. Like, out how Missouri. do you go from Pennsylvania to Vienna, Missouri? It's like farmland to more farmland, apparently. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, yeah, so that's what I did over the weekend. And I was super psyched about it because. Um, so you're finding your family through their graves. Yeah. yeah. Dude was 90 two years old he was born in the 1830s and lived to like the 1910s i don't do math right now but (laughs) he like 19 like 13 or 14 or something 92 years old through the 1800s i mean that's impressive here is to hoping that um whiskey gave him life to live what if he was involved in like some sort of distilling and you didn't even know it well weirdly enough i had texted you that one of my one of my great great grandmother's last names was Willard, and they were were in Tennessee or Kentucky. Uh, I want to say maybe it was Greene County, Tennessee, because one of them were in like the Civil War or something too. Not not a female, but one of my family members, uh, her brother or something, was in the Civil War. But anyway, huh. um, and I I started to dig, and I was curious if one of them was. I'm just gonna go with the fact that I'm related to y'all Willets, but um. I don't know if you can just like say you're related, but yeah. I'll go with it. Yeah. I support this. It's just, you know, it was the last name in the family at some point in time and they were from. Too bad. This was women and you had to lose that, you know? Yeah. What if you were Elena Willett? Well, maybe be living in Kentucky right now. Bardstown. Hmm. More middle of nowhere. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so, Ab- <laughs> Abigail, what does family mean to you? Family to me means chaos. Mm -hmm. it's just it's every time i think of something i've done with my family whether it's my family family or my friend's family or just like whoever i deem to be family in my mind um anytime i think of them and things we've done or experienced um (laughs) it is 
pure chaos. Like nothing simple, nothing easy. It's just always chaotic. There's thousands of people. I don't have like a huge family, like on each side, mom and dad. I have like nine-ish cousins on each side. But every time we're together, it feels like I'm at like Madison Square Garden on fight night. <laughs> I swear to God. It's just like Everyone's chaos. loud. Every so loud. I mean, you know I'm loud. It's like me Come times from- like 30 people in one tiny house. It's just Come from a long lineage of loud people. Oh my God, it's the worst. It- I think it's I it's gotta be our Irish heritage or something. It's fucking crazy. I never thought I was loud and then my sister's husband started pointing out how loud she was and then we were joking one time about how people say that we're loud when we're drunk and then we both started laughing because we both were in denial that this was the situation and mm-hmm. realized we both were Yeah. And I was like, We you know how many times we've been drunk together, me and her, and we never realized that both of us were really loud? <laughs> It's like the moment where you're at the bar and you're drunk with your siblings and uh, all of a sudden you guys are like laughing and having a good time and telling stories and like the six tables around you are just staring at you like, what the fuck is your problem? (laughs) Sorry, we're having a good time. We're loud. Either join us or walk away. Like, whatever. Um, No, but family first and foremost is chaos in my life. But I think um, family also has defined who I am on every level from day one to now with my friends being part of my family. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Kind of shape the way you consider family. Yeah. 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 I agree. And my perspective on the world has, it's changed because I can see the world through my eyes and my experiences. But then like the more you talk to your family and the things that they've done and experience, like my grandpa being a POW missing in action in World War II. And then my uncle being in the Vietnam War and getting struck by lightning. And then my best friend being a TV reporter. And it's just like, oh, my God. It's like you see the world through their eyes and your own eyes. So it's like you get this, I don't know different set of opinions and beliefs and you see the world in so many different ways yeah and I think at least for me personally I think that um I had kind of like a I wouldn't say a hard exterior but my sister took a lot of digging and probably my little my probably my brother as well a little bit um like digging to like make me more open and loving and kind of forced it on you yeah shaped me into the person I was never like a super affectionate and loving sibling and it took me like a long time both my siblings are older it probably took me like a long time of growing up with them of learning that to become that myself yeah I would agree 100% with that but we're also a family who still doesn't hug each other I just not I'm just not that. we're not huggers yeah we're very affectionate and very like very passionate people but like the only person i'll hug is my dad my mom tries to do it and i get like get uncomfortable and walk away (laughs) (laughs) sometimes she gets upset sometimes it happens i mean no i agree with that like they put you in a position where like you are either forced or you feel more comfortable to be vulnerable and express who you are yeah and kind of shape that person that you become and help you kind of along that mm-hmm. way. You're the oldest though, right? Sure the- am. It's a delight. <laughs> but my sister said the same thing. <laughs> but it's like also like I am physically the oldest. But I think my Br- my sister Bridget, who's in the middle, is... Um, I think she acts like the oldest more than I act like the oldest. Yeah. 
but takes more of the responsible she just got her shit together real early yeah and i'm still working on it choices (laughs) (laughs) we all make choices so (laughs) i i say that a lot (laughs) (laughs) um the oldest (laughs) so um we one of the reasons why we picked family for um this episode is how it relates so well to the distillery uh the willet yes, distillery the willet family distillery willet is so fun to say it is it is it's, it's just like rolls right like the whole name of the bourbon we're drinking is not good but willet so great rolls off the tongue unlike yeah. the like the title of the bourbon. straight bourbon pot something still reserve bourbon <laughs> that's not right <laughs> But they, uh, they <laughs> I was so wrong. <laughs> it's got pot still reserve and, well, that, it, and that, pot oh, still reserve okay. straight bourbon. Damn, you I had said, it. Oh, look at that. It's all the time you spent down in Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. Um, <laughs> with my fam- family members. Um, graves. <laughs> so when I uh, was doing the tour, um, it's actually funny. One of the individuals who was doing the tour, was the babysitter of the Willett family before she started doing tours with them. Wait, you're kidding. No. No, it was so funny. She was like talking about the family and um, just the kids growing up and her experience. It, it, it was just... And I think the staff was like less than 30. I could be wrong. It was not a very large staff. Like we did... Um, like a 30 minute... We did the shorter tour. So there's like a longer tour, an hour tour well there's an hour tour a 30 minute tour and i think like a couple different specialty things that you can do like a cocktail making class and stuff like that but um i think uh one of my favorite experiences uh no on the on the tour well yes so the tour was pretty simple we did um we went in the tasting room we went outside we went into the rick house one of the cool things in the rick house um there was a ham hanging up like to dry like like a like a like a honey baked ham or like a pig like a no nah, it looked like it looked like a, ho- a ham hock oh it was, okay yeah, okay, it okay. like an animal <laughs> hanging up in there but they they use those to in the restaurant the restaurant doesn't have like a super extensive menu but it's one of the things that they use in the restaurant so they dry them in the rick house oh that's kind of fun yeah yeah and then they had uh just a few kitties in the rick house and they and they just kind of showed a couple of the warehouses kitties or kiddies kit like um like Kittens. meow mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like meow um uh-huh. <laughs> um oh <laughs> But yeah, they uh that one of my absolute favorite experiences probably in all of Louisville. Well, it's not in traditional Louisville, but my one of my favorite experiences in all of Kentucky, we will say, was the bar at Willet. Yes. Oh my god, while Elena was sitting in this bar, I swear to god I got like 75 text messages about her being like, "You have to this is great. The ice all of it's just like amazing. This guy, what's his name? Pope, but like all of these yeah. amazing it, it was the funniest thing I've ever hear, heard in my life. So this will not be the first time you hear about these individuals or you probably hear about Willet because we are definitely going to be doing a lot more in the future because the bar at Willet is probably one of the best experiences, especially if you're in Barstown. Um, it's a absolute must. They opened it two days prior to me getting there in September. Um, I think I was there in the first or second week in September. Yeah, it was really early. Yeah. And they... um 
they had we had like 30 minutes to spare before we were supposed to go to makers to do a tour there and we ended up staying there for two hours missing the tour and almost running late for the cocktail making class because of the uh, bar at will yeah the bar at will so andrew uh pope and jeff knotts I think that's how I'm pronouncing your name. Sorry, Jeff, uh, if I messed it up. But Andrew sat and pretty <laughs> much talked to us the entire time. Uh, if I'm getting this right, he was from D.C. Jeff was from Florida. They knew each other from a prior job. The um, So what you could say is they were a former family that has come back together? Yes. And you could tell they like played off of each other. They had so much fun together. Like They just really worked well together. And you could tell that they... I mean, they had such a good dynamic and that they um, that they loved what they did. So, I mean, our conversation with Andrew went from like the cocktail program to his life, to his preferences about where, you know, where he's living, how he likes living in Kentucky, like everything. But something interesting uh, was his ice program. So he a whole program for ice, whole program for ice. And he started giving us like the science behind ice. A lot of work for water. Oh, my gosh. So he (laughs) began building the ice domain on property, complete with a slow freezing technology, chainsaw and sculpting tools. So the ice. Wait, he uses a chainsaw. Yeah, they're specific ice cubes so then because he was saying that if you get the cube in a certain shape size that it doesn't water down your product you know when they go to shake in the shakers he says yeah. you know it waters down the product so I mean, it, it, does. Es- it essentially dilutes the uh, the taste overall and so he gets the cubes to how um it doesn't dilute the product and he gets cubes specifically for some of the cocktails where they take a brass stamp and they stamp the top of the cube with the Willet logo, which is like this like little bird on a crown logo, which are on the glasses that we're drinking from right now. And then they had a cocktail there that was cocktail with a twist um, where the locally sourced honey that went into the cocktail, each dollar from the cocktail went to support local bee farmers um oh my gosh they're saving the bees yeah and then they had like um they had one cocktail where it had the w from the willet uh name and he took bitters so he took a the w from a willet was on a stencil and he put it above the cocktail and he sprayed the bitters on top and so it made a w on top of it it was the most intricate amazing thought out cocktails so, and delicious on top of it it's incredible best experience ever when are we going I, like right now we're leaving this podcast to go record from the bar at willet <laughs> but january okay <laughs> <laughs> but for real though i was gonna let you get through that and then tell me when we're actually going <laughs> how how do you think the word family uh relates to the podcast oh god um it's like Okay, so we talk a lot about bourbon. So bourbon world is literally its own like global network of family. And it's all these people everywhere who love bourbon and talking about it and drinking it and, you know, sharing it and sharing their stories, blah, blah, blah. Um, When it comes to the podcast piece, like we have made such connections in town and all over the country through our Instagram and just like putting ourselves out there. And it's like, 